Play the fight song. Welcome in to the Play the Fight Song podcast and happy week two to everybody except those DBs who go incomplete celebrations after they get toasted on a route and a ball that's overthrown. Aren't Reese's those guys the best? Aren't those guys the they're, best? They're actually so good that they force the quarterback to overthrow them when they were burnt by five steps. I mean, it's actually incredible. You think about it. It's like the force. It's crazy how good Travis Hunter was. He like the guy did it to him, and then Travis Hunter goes on defense and does the exact same thing. Like the guy burned him. Yeah. <laughs> the guy drops it. He gets up and just nothing. Yeah, it's it's brutal, and it's actually hilarious to watch. I'm so happy we got to watch a full thing of that in week one because there was plenty of candidates for worse celebration. Um, but that's something I wanted to bring up. And just like, hey, happy week two except for the DBs that do that dumb shit. Uh, we are going to start this thing off. Uh, we'll check in with everybody. Then we're going to jump right into our Clemson Duke recap from last night. As you know, we recorded a recap of week one yesterday. That is out now. If you haven't listened to that, take a peek at that. Listen into our thoughts on week one. We, I think the biggest takeaway was don't overreact to it, but take it for what it was. You know, if a team escaped with a win, good for them. That's all they needed to do. If a team didn't show up, you know, maybe it'll fix itself in week two. Don't overreact with a betting line or anything like that. How's everybody doing? Reese just said he's gassed, tired as hell. Schaefer jumped in. He's got, looks like a new company jacket on, looking spiffed up. Is that like a one of those spring sweatshirts? It's not fully. It's a quarter zip. Just a regular, regular old quarter zip, but yeah. And then I'm, me and Parks just went with the classic Nebraska, Iowa gear. I mean, simple, simple. Just go to the point, you know. It's a big weekend. It's a big weekend. So I, I'm surprised, you know, one of us didn't choose anything. To wear, it's interesting, you know. Dude, it's I don't know it's, why. It's early. Some people aren't proud of it. It's early. It's so? like Tuesday. It's Tuesday when we're recording this. We just recorded. So you won't yesterday. wear any Iowa State gear in June. It's been a busy day, Jordan. This guy's on my no. ass. We can't all dress I'm down just... for work. I guess. <laughs> you could you do the same thing. You probably had to go make one call today. Or keep my personal <laughs> life out of this. That's grinding. Hey, but let's, grinder. <laughs> let's jump into this Duke and Clemson recap. Hey, Duke puts a number up on the Tigers and Dabo Sweeney. 28-7 is the final on that one. And Reese called it. I did. He's one Unbelievably two, so called it. He's one-on-one. Yeah. He's now waiting for part two. <laughs> yeah. Reese, I you know, explain uh, what you did? No fortune teller, but... <laughs> Reese had taken Clemson to make the college football playoff and then announced afterwards that they were going to lose week one to Duke. They now lost week one to Duke. Now we just have to have them go 11-1, win the ACC, and then get into the playoffs. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but if you like Reese's predictions, you probably want to jump on a betting line of Clemson to make the college football playoff. You probably make good money off that. I'm sure you could get pretty good odds on that right now. That's what I'm saying. Like All they got to do is go 11-0 and then win the ACC. (laughs) Did we miss a follow-up question? Like, it should have been like, in what way does Duke lose this game and still make the playoff? Like, what do they look like? Because I don't think what they actually looked like would have been the answer. Yeah, what what has Clemson to change, looked Reese? atrocious. Clemson looked <laughs> atrocious. Like, they looked bad. Yeah. But also, I mean, they were they were stupid turnovers. They also went to the red zone they four really times. They were turnovers. Only, they only scored one time in the red zone. Like, And Duke had 28 points. That's That's four touchdowns, like. If Clemson can just find a way to not turn the ball over that many times, especially in the red zone, like they're in yeah, that ball game. That's also just a game where Duke's at home and there's everything was going their way. They just keep doing yeah. stupid, stupid turnover. Yeah, t- there was a couple mesh handoff 
exchanges that were fumbled and picked up by Duke, as well as a ball that went off Will Shipley's hands into a uh, Duke defender for an interception. Like it was just a, you know, things go your way sometimes, and it started to snowball in Clemson, and they just could not get over that hill. Um, Klubnik struggled though. He went twenty-seven to forty-three for two hundred nine, a touchdown and a pick. He didn't look super comfortable. He kind of looked like he was moving around in the pocket um, a little timidly. He wasn't able to sit in the pocket and really make a ton of throws. Like there were times where he had the time, but other the majority of the day, I truly didn't think he was comfortable within the pocket, which is tough. The Duke defense was stout though. So we have to give them something on that, right? Like we have to nod our head to Duke bringing back all these guys and living up to the hype that they had in the preseason. Now it wasn't national championship college football playoff hype. It was, can they get to eight or nine wins again? You know, cause we thought that schedule was really tough. Well, they showed that it can be done. Reese, what do you got? If you look at the box score too, Clemson like dominated them. Like they had more yards. They had the passing, rushing. They only had one penalty for five yards. They had more first downs. They were better on third downs. Um, they had they had seven minutes more of time in possession, but they just didn't score the points. Like it just like it was just a game that they dominated. They have every stat, but they just didn't win the ball game. And like they just had the awful turnovers. They don't call it Bad a game turnovers. of margins for no reason, man. Well, wouldn't. That contradicts one of the margins. Saying? It's one of the margins. You didn't capitalize. You turned the ball over. The you made all the, the big plays. There yeah. you go. Okay. Now I'm on. The I'm, I'm on page that now. I think the best part of that game was Riley Leonard's touchdown uh, on the scramble to put Duke up. I believe twenty-eight seven. Was that to put him up twenty-eight seven or twenty-one seven? Yeah, an incredible feat. I mean, the guy lived up to the hype. He is still one of the better quarterbacks in the ACC, and it's hard to tell him that he's not the best. Um, Obviously, you have candidates for that top spot, but you can't have the argument without Riley Leonard's name within it. Um, but Duke wins that 28-7. They're going to roll into a tough ACC schedule. Clemson, I think, plays by the end of September, will have played Florida State. So it's go yep. time. Like, it's fix it now um, for the Tigers and Reese, by the way, because Reese is a full-blown Tiger fan at this point in time. You have to be, right? Buy a low, sell high, baby. That's what I'm saying. Hey, let's get into some recent news. We look at the recent news. Uh, we did not touch on this very much. I think we've had a ton of realignment talk. We just want to talk football. But ACC did add Cal, Stanford, and SMU. SMU, the odd duck in that one. I think they just wanted into a power conference as soon as possible, and the Big 12 wouldn't have them. Uh, but Cal and Stanford, uh, welcome to traveling 3,000 miles almost every weekend. That's tough. And it's to Stanford and some sports. I mean, here and there, basketball, they're a good baseball program. And some other things, but man, this guy, this is not going to be great for Cal. Um, and I don't even think they got the revenue share that they were looking for within the deal. They just needed out, and they needed out now. Leaving only Washington State and Oregon State in the Pac-12 or Pac-2, as a lot of people are calling it in this situation. Uh, another news: talking about the Big Twelve with SMU. How about Blake Shapen? Officially out three to four weeks for Baylor. His their starting quarterback. Um, we are not. Um, we're going to talk about Baylor, I'm sure, at some point in this episode or their upcoming game. But that's a tough one for the Bears to swallow, especially when they need some leadership under center after basically just battling to stay in a game against Texas State, who got some AP top 25 votes, by the way. I did look through all of that. Uh, I want your thoughts on something, though. Paul Feinbaum used to have a really respectable show when he was doing just SEC stuff. Uh, now on ESPN, this is his quote. He says, the Dabo Sweeney dynasty era is over at Clemson. Over, done with. Is it over? Is he just click, getting clicks? What, like, what's the deal? Is it over? It's one game in week one of 2023. They still won the ACC last year. 
it depends what you mean by dynasty, I guess. But what are your guys' thoughts on those comments? I think it's adapt or die if you are Dabo. So I think you could be dead pretty soon. I mean, I don't, I hate being clickbait guy, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's a big ask to say out of Dabo. I mean, for God's sakes, those receivers are terrible. I mean, they can't create separation. I mean, your skilled running backs are fine. They got the yards you needed, but you can't, t- you got to take care of the ball. And Cade Klubnick, I mean, oh my God, if we're comparing him to Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence or any of the history of Clemson quarterbacks, he looks like a seventh grade football quarterback is what he looks like. I mean, like you said, JP, he looks timid. He looks frightened. I'm in the DJU camp, so um, I kind of enjoyed watching that a little bit. Dabo just gets kind of annoying just because of how stubborn he is. Um, yep. As far as competing for the best in the ACC, no, I don't think that's dead. I think he's so far from it. I think the defense is still absolutely elite. But offensively, if they, if they don't keep up, yeah, the college football playoff dynasty, it's over. Like You're not going yeah. to win college was, football playoff like, games with that offense. When you think dynasty, if this team wins two more ACC titles in three years, is the dynasty dead? Like, What is a dynasty to you? Yeah, I was going to say. If dynasty is college football playoff appearances and national titles, then yeah. it looks like it's a higher hill decline than um if we're just winning the acc every year but acc is getting better like you've seen miami improve again florida state's obviously gotten better um and then a couple other ones to kind of take a step back like your north carolina states who's usually in there virginia tech maybe Pitt. i mean maybe Pitt is going to continue to be on this plateau maybe a steady rise perks when you look at Dabo, do you like are you Dabo guy are you a fan of his do you think fine bombs just shooting shots or what I always considered what kind of Dabo's coaching style and him as a person to be just like a lesser version of PJ Flick. And <laughs> in the fact that he's just, it's kind of about him. Sounds like and I feel like every time the camera, well, no, I, I don't have as much hatred for PJ Flick as JP does, but uh, yeah, I don't he like just, PJ. you know, he's the spotlight guy. Like he's the one yeah. running down the hill first and sprinting down the sidelines and the camera's always on him. And I think Jake is right. It's adapt or die. I mean, he's kind of, I thought he made the right move. Like I thought Garrett Riley was going to be a great addition. And then that offense just took a wet fart and threw it on the field. So I I don't think it's dead because they're still going to be in the top of that conference. I mean, you're not comparing them towards the bottom side. Maybe Duke's just on the rise. So I don't think that's a real possibility. And I don't like that's a program that's hard to recruit to and then hard to build program at with Duke. But like, Mike Elko is making the right progressions. And I think it really helps having a quarterback there like Riley Leonard. And in the future, maybe if he gets a guy like that again, maybe he only stays for a year or two. You don't know what's going to happen to the transfer portal anymore. And I think that's what makes Duke such a hard job now. Um, finishing thoughts on that. I just, I'm not a big fine bomb guy. Um, I, I don't think it's dead. I really think they're going to figure it out. Do they go 11 and 0 like Reese needs and wins AC? I don't know. I find it hard for them to beat Florida State when the offensive line and the run game struggled as much as it did. And then you saw the eliteness Florida state has in the front seven. So we will see how that all works out, but our favorite poll ever came out today, guys. I don't know if you saw this, but like, this is groundbreaking stuff for the AP top 25, like these geniuses, Mm. some of the smartest people I've ever seen in my life vote for the AP top 25. I can't believe why are these people not, you know, building rockets for NASA? No, they're just voting college football. That's how smart they are. Um, I mean, just kidding, by the way. Like, if you didn't catch that sarcasm. No, I couldn't tell, it, JP. You weren't laying yeah, it's, I mean, come on, man. I mean, I like, we argue and bitch about this every year. But in all honesty, like, there is dramatic changes that need to have within this. And 
there needs to be another poll up until the college football playoff rankings come out. Somebody else has to do something. Somebody within the college football world, maybe the college football playoff rankings come out earlier. They might need to because this is ridiculous if this is what we're ranking teams off of. Um, anybody have one big argument with it? I know I have one. Parks might. I know Parks does. We, oh, we talked yeah. about it. I, I have multiple. <laughs> They're so give me, bad. Give me a gripe. Give me a gripe. Okay, a, a gripe that you're not expecting is Clemson dropping from 9 to 25, losing week one on the road in conference. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. That many spots? I mean, they didn't look they great, busted. but it's week well, one. How do you how do you go unranked to ranked with Duke? Yeah. Saying that they're a pretty good team and then so drop many. them that much. But then right. you don't – like you dropped LSU. Like that's fine. Like that's – I'm so fine with that. Um, but then Clemson now gets – behind A&M and Colorado and Wisconsin. Like we're just all of a sudden convinced that Wisconsin's way better than Clemson. We're all of a sudden so convinced that Colorado's way better than Clemson. Cause I'm not like no. that's a dramatic change. Yeah. It's not great. And the movement, if you like just the movement lines, like LSU dropped, that's nine spots. If you can't count Oklahoma moves up two spots after beating Arkansas state, North Carolina moves up four spots. That one's a little bit more understandable, but Wisconsin doesn't move. Correct. They stayed at 19. They were, was that their initial? I can't remember what their initial rank was. Yes. Yeah. And then how about Tulane not moving, but beating a team that's like picked to win their conference. So, yeah. it okay. them too. I mean, just yeah. controlled the entire football game, which beat us, by the way, in a lot of betting segments. Schaefer, what do you, you guys, have a gripe with this? No, I was going to ask you guys, what do you guys think of Florida State jumping four spots to get number four? Because I kind of, I think, I kind of have a problem it. with it. I don't hate it. I think that's just their they beat a top ten opponent handily in week one, and that's yep. the immediate response. Sure, it's not necessarily okay. the truth, but I, I mean, I could argue they are better than Ohio State, USC. I actually think they are better than all those teams, but that jump, I guess I, I see what you're saying and why it's a little upsetting or Either, a little concerning. If Ohio State plays better, maybe they don't jump them right away. Yeah, but. Also true, yeah. It, but if you don't really I drop also, Ohio State for looking that poor, like I don't know. There, there's just a lot of inconsistencies in the way we looked at this and the way people How about dropping Ohio games. State, winning in conference on the road, and moving up the Alabama team who played – yeah, I was cool for blind and deaf. See, that was my that was my argument with Georgia last year. I know we got pretty debated about I think Georgia had barely beaten Kent State and barely beaten Missouri. I'm in the camp mm-hmm. of if especially early in the year, when you earn that preseason spot um based on last year, based on talent bringing back, whatever, maybe I think you pretty much have the right to maintain that spot or at least yeah. keep it pretty damn close because a win's a win. Like if you lose and you can drop them however you want, whoever they lose to. But I'm especially like the first five weeks of the year. I think they're allowed to stay in that spot. It doesn't matter if Florida State beats um, LSU in Southern Cal only had to play Nevada. Like it is what it is. We're in the first two games of the year. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, USC didn't schedule you know Texas four years ago. Like that wasn't their. That wasn't their idea, you know? So I'm kind of, I kind of live in the camp where I think they should be allowed to pretty much maintain that spot. Like you said, Parks, Ohio State, they played Indiana week one, didn't look great, fresh new quarterback. So why did you have them at three in the first place if you had a brand new system and, and new team? Like, shouldn't they have been back already? Well, if they, 
if they had covered, I think that's the expectation is that you cover every game when you're that big of a favorite, right? Like you're supposed to win this game by X amount. And if you don't, shame on you kind of thing, right? Um, I like Jake's though, because it's you, somebody's going to knock you off the peg. You can't yeah. win. And you, get, there's 12 games. You're going to fall yeah. off eventually. If, if you're legitimate, you'll win every game. You'll figure it out. So keep them there for the first few weeks of the year. What's that saying, boys? Good, good teams win, but great teams cover. Maybe that's what they're thinking about, you know? <laughs> Somebody on this AP poll had money on that Ohio State line, and it did not get their way, so they dropped them a couple spots. It let's did. Jump into some no, no, no. Wait. It did create what? one interesting storyline to follow. Uh, Iowa and Iowa State this week, they're fighting for an AP spot next week. They are both They both got votes. Really? Iowa State got votes. Interesting. Hey, oh, oh, really? One? They got one vote? I think that's what he said. Oh. How many uh, votes did yeah. they get? Uh, I believe, let me take a look. Yeah, Iowa State got two votes, and Iowa got two 73. Votes. Yeah, I think well, Iowa's 26 in the AP, something like if that. If Iowa State does win, you might be right. They're in, baby. They're in. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> wouldn't they, I mean, wouldn't they, honestly, okay, wouldn't they, wouldn't they jump Tulane? Like, I'm assuming that I Tulane's going to – Tulane still plays win. Ole Miss this weekend. I, Okay, I'm not pre- trying to predict anything. They're only but... seven point dogs. All right, I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I'm not right, saying right, anything either. Right, I'm just saying right. that'd be a tough one to jump, depending on how they play. Just throwing some a things out there. with a loss there, I think might be better. I don't know. Um, let's jump into week two previews, though. We have about six games, I believe, that we're going to break down. Kind of the bigger games of the weekend that we kind of see fit uh, that we want to cover for you guys, and then we'll uh, obviously give you. Our under-the-radar game of the week, that's one that we're going to want you to pay attention to or you should pay attention to that maybe it's not getting the national hype that it should. Our group of five game of the week, um, as well as some betting stuff at the end of it. But we're going to jump right into this. This is actually the Friday night game. We're going to lead off with it. As Illinois, after fighting their way past Toledo, travels down to Lawrence, Kansas as a three-and-a-half-point underdog to play the Jayhawks. A blackout, I believe. Is at least uniform wise, Kansas broke out the new uniforms. Um, is going to wear all black this weekend. What do we think about Illinois, Kansas? Let's break this down a little bit from a fundamental standpoint. Well, first and foremost, um, I think the biggest question is who will be playing quarterback for Kansas. Um, Jason Bean played last week. Uh, I believe it was back stiffness or like a yeah. back tight. I don't whatever for Daniels. He didn't participate in camp, and I'm going to assume seem cautionary. Yeah, you're playing Missouri State. You got a pretty um, relative quarterback, backup quarterback, and Jason Bean. I, I don't think there was anything to worry about. I will expect him to play. From what I've mm-hmm. been looking at, it sounds like he will play. Uh, yep. But that's interesting because this is an Illinois defense that was really highly talked about going in the uh, going into the season and really showed some holes last week against Toledo, giving up 416 yards. Um, so how healthy is Daniels? Um, do they keep him on a leash? If, if, if he does look limited, do they go to Bean? Because Bean can prove that he is I a good quarterback. Fine, yeah. So um, that's the one thing I want to look at. If you're Illinois, I think you're going to want to force Daniels or Bean, whoever's playing to beat you. I think don't let Devin Neal get going. This is a guy yeah, explosive and- back. He's a big playmaker. And that's I that's my first if that's my first objective if I'm the Illinois defense. Yeah. I I completely agree. I had that first note as well. I think J, Jalen Downs is going to go uh, preseason Big Twelve Player of the Year. My plus for Kansas is that Jason Beam is not a downgrade. Like he mm-hmm. is. Like if you literally want to put numbers on these guys, and obviously they do in the betting world, but he's not. Like 
it's like going from one A to one B. Like the mm-hmm. guy played a lot last year. He played the year before. He's been good. He hasn't had a turnover problem. Is he the same passer? No, he's not as fast. But it, the the guy is more than serviceable. What I'm saying basically is that the guy could start at other Power Five programs uh, without blinking about it, honestly. And going back to you talking about slowing down a Kansas offense, like this Kansas offense brought back 10 of 11 starters. They're going to be good. They're going to be explosive. It's going to be a test for Illinois, but this is what Illinois does. This is what Brett Bioma does. Now, Daquan Finn kind of lit him up last week, right? Mm-hmm. In Toledo. And they had to kick a last second field goal, basically to win that game at home. But now you go into Lawrence where the hype is pretty high. You're going to Friday night, night game. You're getting new uniforms. Like there's a lot building up against the Illini, but I can tell you one thing that I think could slow down a Kansas offense. It's a good run game out of Illinois Mm. and what they didn't do it very well last week, which was surprising. Um, But I do think they can get better And this Kansas defense is bad. It's not good. It's still not good. Uh, And so you will be able to gash and get your runs. If you're going to be able to put five, six minute drives together and just continually tear away at a Kansas defense and keep the offense off the field. I think that's the perfect recipe. And you know, Bielema has been talking about it. That's the idea he has. He's pitching that to his players. Um, But how much can they improve on defense this week? Like, can you sure up things like you lose two first round or two draft picks at DB, you lose Ryan Walters to go to Purdue and be the head coach. Yeah, how big is that drop off? Like, is it that big? Because I think this team still has a lot of good pieces, but it needs to improve and it needs to improve fast on a short week. Um, the quarterback run, the ability to scramble, the big plays, like Schaefer said, can they score? If they get into a point, can Illinois score with them? I don't know. Maybe they can because of how poor the Kansas defense is. But I think Altmaier is a good guy to have there. I think he settled mm-hmm. into his shoes a little later in that game. Like, what do you, do you see the same thing, Schaefer? Like, can they score yeah. with them? I don't think they want to get into a scoring I, fest. With no, them, I, I honestly, I don't think they want to. Um, but I think this is a good game for Reggie Love to get established. Like, he wasn't yeah. very good last week. Um, and, and like we said, it's just might be first week adjustments. And maybe they didn't really want to open up the playbook. And they didn't expect them to be in such a tight game with Toledo. So now, you bet. go ahead. Kind of open the playbook a little bit. Get Altmaier going. And establish your one back as a guy who's supposedly supposed to replace Chase Brown. I think that's yep. the biggest key is the run game. Who can, on either side, who's going to be the X factor? Is it going to be Neil or is it going to be Love? I think that will end up kind of turning the tide for who's going to take this game. 100%. So let's let's jump into predictions, all four of us here. Who do we think is going to win this football game? I, if you have a bet on it, feel free. Feel free to notch that in. I know it's still early in the week. We're doing a lot of research on the side, betting-wise. But Parks, do you have a prediction for this game? Who are you picking in this one? Yeah, just from what I saw from Illinois' defense last week and the letdowns and, and kind of the offensive firepower, I believe in Jason Bean and, and his product. So I, I think Kansas takes it at home. I don't think Illinois has got enough figured out right now with all the holes they're trying to replace. So give me Kansas. Yep. yep. Reese? I agree. They look lost without Brown in the backfield. So I, th- I think there's something they can keep up with Kansas scoring. So. Schaefer, if you go Kansas, I do have to go Illinois to keep our, you know. No, you're good. <laughs> I, I got you. We, we, can buy we can buy in. I got you. Um, it's been a rough week for the Big 12, and I think it's going to kind of continue. I-, I like Illinois responding in this game. I think mm. they're ready to go. Yeah, you know, I, I can't get on either side quite yet. Like, if I really had to pick a side, I'd take the home team. I, like, I just think maybe there's a little too much that's going to happen for Illinois to have to score with. Um, but I would love to take Illinois, but I'm going to have to go with the home team in Kansas in this one. Um, at this moment, that's where I'm at on the whole thing. Uh, staying 
Oh, I guess not staying in the Big 12. Next year's Big 12, though, we have Colorado hosting Nebraska. Nebraska, a three-point dog, I believe three and a half. That line came all the way across zero immediately on Sunday. Uh, and Boulder is going to have their first home game with uh, Deion Sanders coaching after a big win at TCU. Nebraska coming off a disappointing loss in Minnesota in a game where they thought they had it won and probably should have in a lot of aspects. But thank you for covering as you've helped me out in the dog's dog standings. Colorado, Nebraska. We have our Nebraska guy here. I want you to talk about it, Parks, and Reese is going to help him out with this one. What are you seeing? What are you thinking? Do you have things that really need to change for either side? Yeah, I mean, I've mentioned it before, and I mentioned in the recap how bad Colorado's defense was, but I kind of took a dive into the numbers and looked a little bit deeper just so I could explain to you what maybe you saw. And don't just say, you know, they didn't look very good. They gave up 42 points. Let's really take a look at it. TCU had seven tackles for loss on Saturday. Guess how many Colorado had? That's a big time zero. Zero. Do you know how many sacks TCU had? They had four. Guess how many Colorado had? How many sacks? Zero. They sacked the quarterback zero times. They gave up 541 yards to this TCU team in their win. And 279 of it came in the air. And 262 of it came rushing. That is not good. Because it's not, hey, we got to go to practice. That's an old Miss Lane Kiffin rushing line. I mean, 280 on the ground. 280 on the ground and 280 in the air. I mean, you got you, you're split around the middle. It's not, hey, let's focus on this week of practice. Let's focus on our run defense. We weren't very good. It's both. You sucked on both aspects of defense last week. It was not good. Um, 7.1 yards per carry on the ground, the TCU average against his defense. And both of their interceptions came inside the red zone. So both scoring um, opportunities for TCU that they couldn't come through. TCU also missed a field goal. So they missed out on a lot of opportunities that kind of gifted Colorado this win. I'm not taking anything away from the offense. Shutter Sanders had a great day. However, I have to mention, offensively, they had 34 minutes of possession time in TCU, to TCU's 25. If they think they're going to roll into this game and get 34 minutes of possession time, they are sadly, yeah, sadly agree. mistaken. I agree. There's no way. I don't think Nebraska will let them have that amount of possession time. It, it's just no. a different type of football. No, the the halftime adjustments out of Sonny Dykes after giving up the, the possessions that they had were just brutal. Like, hold on to the football and keep the offense off the field, which is the only thing that's hurting you. It's not like you weren't going to score. So I think Matt Rule knows that. Uh, Matt Rule talked. He has a ton of respect for Deion Sanders, which is which is good because hopefully we're preparing for the most. Um, I was kind of hoping for a lot of hate. I was kind of hoping for some hateful comments. I don't think rules you know, that guy, the po- though. I know. Yeah, he's not that kind of guy. Stir the pot a little bit. Get this game it's going. All over, Get the TV like, ratings look, going. There was somebody. It was on. Go ahead. I was saying the uh, the well-off media thing that sh- uh, one of Dion's sons does for Colorado. They kind of follow him everywhere. I watched that today. Um, it's It was declared hate week at Colorado. It was declared, like, this is personal now, like, just kind of like rolling through it. And so they made it a really big deal. Obviously, Matt Rule is not going to do that because I, I don't think he – he's like Kirk Ferentz in the aspect that he's just going to say they have a ton of respect for every opponent they're playing. They're not going to come out and say, you know, F this dude. Like, this program sucks. There's no reason they should be – like, they're not going to come out and do that. Um, he might say it behind closed doors. That's what you like to call the good old fuel the fans because none of these kids that play for Colorado give a shit about the rivalry with Nebraska. They're just like, oh, we don't like those guys. All right, I'll say that into this microphone. People will love it. And and that's okay. I wouldn't expect them to be like, no, we really like them and what they're doing over there. It's football. You're trying to kill each other. Let's get after it. Like, it's it's fucking awesome. It's it's rivalry week. You, you take that out of college football, you take half the game away. 
So uh, I agree. I also have to mention Chitter Sanders, five rushes for negative 32 yards. So as long as we can defend the pass pretty well and limit damage there and stay on the field and run the football, I think Nebraska finds success. Reese, what do you got? I'd say everything you said, Nebraska's going to try to slow the ball down um, because if if Colorado can stay on the field for, uh, you mentioned the 34, 35 minutes, whatever they had, then it's going to be tough for Nebraska because I I also think, too, is you can't turn the ball over. You can't have what Sims did last week and just giving Colorado extra opportunities because I think Colorado's offense is equipped to kind of take advantage of those more often. I think Nebraska's, if they if they get turnovers, they're, like you said, you're gonna, they're going to slow it down. They're going to eat up clock with it. They just got to make sure if they do get mistakes by um, Colorado that they can capitalize on those and not just let them go by the wayside, I think, too, is, is kind of my yeah. thing is what I'm taking away from this week. So 100%. I think there's a lot of people that still got to adjust to the new way that Nebraska's playing football it's in a spread set it's a little more um open but they're trying to run the football well they're trying to slow the game down it's a little more possession power football in a different setting in a different formation so it'll be interesting to see how this game goes Schaefer do you have any points on this one yeah if you're looking at our li- uh, our stream here <laughs> I got myself a nice football me and Reese got a nice football tucked in our right hand Nebraska keep this here this is home Right in your right <laughs> shoulder, or if your left shoulder, Nebraska. It's going to come down to big plays. Like that's really what it's going to come down to. Nebraska needs to put this team in a sleeper hold, and when it comes to the third or fourth quarter, don't turn the ball over. Nuke the clock. Keep running the football. When you run the football, keep that damn thing tucked. I like then, it. You should, I don't, you should I don't give lessons. We could use them. I was going to say, yeah. Anybody's got running tough. back or quarterback lessons. This guy's your guy. Just put call two on it in the fourth. Put two on it in the fourth. Hey, let's predict this game. Let's predict this game. If anybody has a betting line that they're on again, please feel free to mention it. Reese, Kansas, or shoot, Nebraska. Oh goodness, not Kansas. <laughs> Nebraska, Colorado. I'm sorry, Parks, but I like Colorado at home. Um, I think they're going to take this game. I think. Be careful think with that total, at home. You might want to look it up. Total, I think the total is more interesting for this game than I think spread-wise, um, but I, I think Colorado still takes it. Schaefer? I think I'm going to surprise some people. I I, th- I like Nebraska in this game. Just, damn it, dude. Don't turn the ball over. Like, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Nebraska, just hold on to the damn ball rock. Over. Just hold on to it. That stress breath that he hey, gave. I, the, I'm oh, usually – I feel that. <laughs> I'm I'm usually in one of those situations where I like the the short home favorite. It's hard for me to take the road um, dog in this situation. Uh I'll take Colorado too. I just think it's a home thing. Uh, again, like you may travel well west, and it'll be a lot of red there, and I believe that. But maybe it's just one possession too much. It's a one big play too much in a certain spot. And if they if Nebraska wins this game, I won't be shocked. I don't think I'll be shocked. I don't. I think it'll be um, one of those situations where you have to answer the music and uh, listen to Dion talk about how he lost a game and how he's going to handle that on this scale, especially after I think I saw like out of 20 articles that Fox put out, 15 of them had Colorado on the front page of them. So it's going to be different, but I'll take the short home favorite again. Uh, that's just kind of, I, I, it feels safer that way and I'm not betting it, but again, I could be convinced either way. After last week, I have really, I have no idea. Uh, but if I had to give one, I'd say 34, 30 Nebraska. Cool. I don't 34, love Nebraska 30 or 30, 30. I don't love Nebraska Houston? winning the game if they get in the 30s. Why? I think Do you want me to read these down. stats again to you? Zero tackles for loss. 
Zero sacks. Zero QB scoring game. And Jeff Sims versus Chandler Morris. Just run the read option every play. <laughs> Wait, beautiful Don't thing is that we're going to find out on Saturday. We're going to find out on Saturday who wins that game. Let's go to Ole Miss at Tulane. The Rebels traveling down to NOLA to play Tulane in the green wave. Tulane is a seven and a half point underdog. I believe this is around seven, seven and a half at most books. It's a very good Lane Kiffin offense against a very good Tulane offense. Has Lane Kiffin got better on defense? I don't know, but let's break it down. Yeah, so taking a look at Tulane and Ole Miss, you got to talk about Tulane first, coming off a good win against South Alabama, a team that is picked in a, as a high favorite uh, or contender to win the Sun Belt this year. Michael Pratt, if you look, go back and watch the highlights, super poised in the pocket, man. You can tell that he's a very experienced quarterback for that team. 14 of 15 through the air, 294 on four scores. And then he also had 11 rushes for 39 yards. If he continues that poised play, I think they can find some success against this Ole Miss team because just based off of, can't do it last week because Mercer's just a god-awful football team. But Lane Kiffin's defenses haven't been the greatest thing in the world in his uh, coaching career. So I think there's some opportunity there for Tulane. Um, They did turn the ball over three times, but they forced five turnovers from South Alabama. If they can force turnovers from the Ole Miss offense and open up more opportunities for themselves, like I said, all these things can add together to make it a better game and give Tulane an actual chance to win this game. They're at home. I don't know if their fandom's enough to make that big of a difference that that Ole Miss hasn't heard from a 5-7 and SEC team at the end of the year. They probably have the same amount of noise as a really good Tulane team. I mean, it, it, that matters because they've they've been in environments like that before. Um, and I do have to mention Corey Platt Jr. is a linebacker for Tulane. He had a huge week last week, 15 tackles, 10 solo tackles. So he'll be a bright spot to watch for that Tulane team. And on the opposite side of the ball, JP hit the nail on the head. 667 yards for this Old Miss offense last week, 524 of them coming from the air. Um, Jackson Dart went 18 for 23 for 334 and four scores. And then Spencer Sanders came in and went eight for 14 for 134 and two scores. And this team scored 28 points in the first quarter and the third quarter. I'm sorry, the second quarter and the third quarter. 28 points in just those two. And they won 73 to seven. So a good showing, kind of what you'd expect from a Lane Kiffin offense. I think it's going to be, it has an opportunity there to be a shootout. We saw way more from the Tulane defense, but there was this Ole Miss offense we're talking about. It's not the easiest stop in the world to get. Uh, I, I think Tulane has a chance, but I do think Ole Miss pulls one out here on the road. Mm-hmm. 100%. Reese, you want to add on to the Rebels and Green Wave? No, I disagree with everything he says. I think it's going to be a good good test for the Rebels. Um, keeping up with that offense, I mean, they're going to be equipped to score a lot of points, and um, Tulane's going to have to keep up with them if they want a chance to win this ball game. So, Yeah, and the Russian attack with Ole Miss is, Again, not to be ignored, you have Quinchon Judkins, who's an absolute stud. Jackson Dart can move around a little bit as well. They have weapons on the outside now at receiver, which really helps that offense. I think you saw week one how much they can uh, blow things up through the air now. The problem with this one, I think, is there's high-powered and then there's elite, like nuclear power. Like Ole Miss is one of the best offenses in the country. I'm not saying Tulane isn't, but when you get into a scrap battle with a team that can run the football as well as they do and go that fast of a tempo. And, like, you could say Tulane has the quarterback edge, but it ain't by much. Like, and Jackson Dart has gotten better and better. So when you look at this game, for me, I think Tulane might be a popular bet 
on the spread line just because they're at home and people are going to see an opportunity for uh, a group of five team to take down a power five team at home. I think that's going to be popular. Now, would I take that? Probably not. I th- I like Ole Miss to win this football game as well. Schaefer, do you have anything to add, a pick for this? I guess I'm going to stick with road teams. I'm going to take Ole Miss as well, um, but I think this is going to be a good test for a secondary um, that graded poorly last year. Uh, yep. if, if Tulane wants to have a chance in this game, Pratt's going to have to be great. I definitely think he can, but um, Mercer's not really a good test to sh- show if this Ole Miss team is really improved defensively. Yeah, I I think it's a great test. I think it's going to be a great football game that you definitely want to pay attention to because it has the potential for massive fireworks. Um, but it looks like everybody's taking Ole Miss in this one, I believe. Parks, are you taking Ole Miss? Taking Ole Miss. I got him 42-38. So you have two late cover, like, sure. I think the back door, the back door <laughs> cover here is in massive play. If it's going to be a fourteen point game late in the game, like Tulane is going to continue to try to score. So I think it's a tough one to take seven there. Like you get a touchdown, but what's the uh, what's the total for? Just curious, probably one hundred and thirty. One hundred and thirty. <laughs> it might be seventy five. Actually, um, talking about, I got it here. Sixty five. Sixty five. I still so, like it. That's kind of. Yeah, I think. I, I think. Yeah. I think it can uh, hit it over there. Yeah. It that's... might move up to here in the coming days. Um, let's jump to another SEC team that is on the road. Texas A and M will travel to Miami, where Miami is a four and a half point dog at home. If you remember, this was a low scoring affair last year in College Station. Uh, Miami lost to A and M a year ago, even after or even before. This is kind of before A and M started to collapse. Um, but the Aggies and the Hurricanes. Both need to take a major step up, both of which we picked to take big steps up this year in our preseason uh, videos on TikTok, Twitter, and different podcasts and things like that. Do we get an improved Tyler Van Dyke? Do we get one from 2021? We're not getting the 2022 Tyler Van Dyke. He looked comfortable last week. It didn't really matter. They're playing Miami of Ohio. Uh, Wegman look, also looked great. If you're mm-hmm. looking at what A&M did to New Mexico, just slaughtered them. I mean, it was – it's. It's different when you have that many five stars and four stars on your team, and then you bring in New Mexico and a Kyle Field. It's not going to be easy for them. But the Miami defense is going to be better than it was a year ago. How much better? I'm not sure. Again, you haven't seen it truly challenged, but they did step up to the plate last week, probably in a situation where they were constantly told how many yards they loved to Middle Tennessee the year before, and they brought in a, good, a decent MAC team that usually can give some teams problems and completely shut the door on them. Um, A&M's defense, though, is I think the biggest outlier in this one. This is one of the better defenses in America. It's one of the better defensive lines in America. Can the offensive line of Miami hold up and protect Van Dyke? Because if he's on the run and moving the whole time, you saw it with club Nick, it doesn't matter how good of a passer you are. If you're constantly under pressure or being hurried, it creates problems. Schaefer, do you think that is that big of a mismatch? Do you think there's other parts of this game that maybe lean in Miami's favor? Uh, I think if, if it, this goes in Miami's favor and they win the football game. I think we're going to be talking about that offensive line a whole lot different uh, next week. I think this is a big test for them. They look good in week one. Uh, I think for both teams, you know, we don't want to base it off of poor opponents in week one, but Hey, they look a lot better. Both of these teams do than they did last year at the start. I think this has a chance to have a lot more points. I know that's not saying much because of what they only scored like 30 total last year. Yeah, I was going to say it was not very high scoring. But I lean – God, are you going to make me pick another road team? I lean A&M no. just for 
just for the fact I mean, like, you don't have to do anything nobody's making no, you do I know, anything well, we here. got we got to pick somebody here and the more i just talk <laughs> myself into it i i like the defensive line uh personally for texas A&M. i, I, I know what it. i'm getting out of them uh the uncertainty for miami's o-line concerns me but i think it is a group that could be really good down the road and and wigman looks he looks solid evan stewart's also a first team all SEC guy. He has the potential to be a stud, and he was 100%. the second best player or second best receiver on the field last week for him. Yeah, and Mario Cristobal is a guy that will put a lot of emphasis on the trenches. He just hasn't gotten that built yet quite at Miami. He's recruiting really well to fix that problem, and the transfer portal helped him out as well. But the trenches on the A and M side, offensive and defensive, are a massive advantage for them. Do they have the better quarterback? You could say no. Like a peak. 2021 mm-hmm. Tyler Van Dyke is a very good quarterback, a guy that has a chance to be in New York for a Heisman ceremony. And Wegman is a guy that maybe the future kind of revolves around. But maybe this offense is different with AM. Maybe Wegman and bring it in Petrino and all this stuff really uplifts this team because it's a real possibility that that offense is so much better. But I'm not off the Miami train. Like, I think they're a really good football team, too. They have weapons, they can run the football. If they can fix the offensive line or make it just improve a little bit. That's going to help a ton. And maybe that defense is more stout than we're giving it credit for when it hasn't been tested this year. Last year, it wasn't a great defense. We know that. But they made a lot of changes. Chris Ball made new hires on the offensive and defensive side of the coordinators. It's going to be a really good football game. It's definitely one you're going to pay attention to. And that's why it's only four and a half is because they know that Miami is going to put up a fight. It's a lot better team than it was a year ago. Sounds like Schaefer jumped on A&M. Reese, do you have a side on this one? Do you have a bet on this one? Are you just are you ready to watch this game? I'm ready to watch it, but I like the home team. Um, okay. At least, at least to cover. Um, I think they can win the ball game, but I think they'll at least, they'll cover for sure. Yeah, and I think A and M goes and goes in there and rolls them. I, I, like going back to what Schaefer said earlier, like you you kind of thought it was going to be a little more high scoring um, than last year's affair, which is again isn't saying much. But when you look at a total of 49, like, are you thinking? 50, over 50 are we getting 28 a piece out of these teams i think i think you very well could I, I definitely do i could see a 31 28 type of score here okay parks going to you yeah i think this line absolutely reeks i think it's in a great spot so, but I, I i definitely think it's a one score game but i think a&m has the edge i think miami's mm-hmm. trending in the right direction they just are not there yet just to compete with the five-star four-star athletes that texas a&m has on the defensive side of the ball so give me the aggies 100%. on the road i i like a&m as well um I might actually take A&M minus the four and a half. I'm going to see where that line goes. I know there's, it's kind of been moving a little bit, fluctuating. It does stink. I agree. And I think it's begging you to take Miami, though, at four and a half. I mean, four and five are dead numbers in college football. But I think I, think I might like A&M this weekend um, on the betting line and to win this football game. Now, the biggest game of the weekend, and no, it's not in Ames. Uh, we'll get to that one later. The second biggest game of this, <laughs> this weekend, Texas travels to Alabama to play in Bryant Denny. Texas lost this game by a field goal a season ago. Alabama no longer has Bryce Young. You saw Jalen Milrow. You also saw a Texas team that wasn't really challenged against Rice. But in all honesty, they looked a lot better all the way around, offensive, defensively. This is a team with a lot of hype. Alabama team that's kind of under the radar uh, compared to Alabama expectations. What are we seeing in this game? The line is seven. Alabama is a seven-point favorite. Where are we going with this one, fellas? What's it take? Hey, feel first? free, anybody. Man, Bueller, yeah, it's, there's so much, so much pressure riding on this game. Nobody wants to jump all at once. <laughs> Reese, go ahead. 
I was going to say, the one thing when you're looking at Texas, yeah, they weren't challenged last week, but they really didn't run the ball all that great is kind of something I noticed. Um, had two guys with 50 yards of rushing. That's not fantastic um, against a Rice team when you're at home. So I think that's a question mark kind of kind of for them this week. Um, but again, Ewers last year was electric, and if he doesn't go out that game, it's a whole different ball game. Going to Tuscaloosa is obviously a lot different than playing in front of your own fans. I think, JB, you mentioned um, in a recap week the injuries that Alabama has in the secondary. Um, Texas has one of the best wide receiver rooms in the country. Can they find a way to expose that? Can they find a way to keep scoring points? Because um, yours is a guy who can drop a ball in a bucket. If he can find a way to be productive, not turn the ball over, and keep that offense on the field and um, not let Al- Alabama's uh, defense get any rest, I think it's a, it's a chance for Texas to go in there and do something, saying they're going to win the ball game. I think seven is good. I think it'll be a possession, a one possession game the whole time. I don't know if anybody runs away with it, but I think like you guys are mentioning, it's going to be the best game of the weekend. Um, saying Texas is going to win. I don't know, but I, I'm, in, I'm very interested to watch it. Yeah. I'm going to give yeah. Texas the edge of quarterback and with weapons on the outside. I think they have the better receiver core. I think they have the better quarterback at this point in time. Um, but Bama's defense is the strength of that football team. And when you bring in a Texas team with that high of expectations uh, against a defense that truly, uh, wasn't as great as it should have been a season ago, but you bring back guys like Dallas Turner and Kool-Aid McKinstry to kind of lock down the outside and then that linebacking core. I think that's a huge plus. Um, another thing you need to pay attention to is uh, the reports on the defensive backfield for Alabama. Again, key and more that we touched on in our recap are still a little bit questionable. I think they're a day-to-day situation. I'm not saying they are absolutely beaten down to the point where there's no chance they play. I think they're more likely to play than not, but you are getting two DBs that are a little beat up going against probably the best receiver core they'll see for a while um, this season. Can Texas make themselves, um, you know, can they make themselves control the clock? Can they control the football? Can they keep the ball on their side? Like this, you can't lose a turnover battle at Alabama and expect to win a football game. And this is a situation where Texas found themselves in a year ago where they were, it was random little mistakes. They weren't scoring on random plays. They weren't scoring at will in some spots. And then again, can you make Jalen Milrow beat you from the pocket? The answer is if you, if he has to beat you from the pocket, I really like your chances. But if he can get outside of the pocket and they can run the football really well on you, it makes it a lot tougher to win that game. Uh, I think it's going to be run game versus run game in a lot of aspects too. Uh, Texas offensive line's a lot better. The defensive front may have its question marks, but Alabama's offensive line didn't get a great run push a week ago. Um, and I know they probably were super vanilla on the offensive side and they were breaking in some new true freshmen uh, on the offensive line, but it's going to be tough. Um, I, I Seven is kind of where I expected this. I, I can see it getting to eight, though. I think it's coming more money in on Alabama, which I like. I think I'll take Texas in the seven, honestly. To win, I don't know, but I'll take the seven. Parks, do you have anything on this game? I If you put me in a dark room and put... Steve Sarkeesian and Nick Saban and, and told me which one you're going to bet on. Who do you think I'm taking, right? Like we're talking about Nick Saban. We're talking about Jalen Monroe, who's been around these big games. He's been, maybe he hasn't been in them, but he's had the, probably the highest amount of great quarterbacks surrounding him, helping him, guiding him for moments like these. These Alabama fans aren't looking forward to Texas rolling in here. This is going to be a wild atmosphere. It's a huge game, and I don't think Texas has been in an environment like this and is going to be prepared for this moment. So uh, give me give me the Alabama, and I think they cover. I got them in my college football playoff, so uh, they better. Yeah, yeah. You might have to. They might, Or they could lose and then win out like the rest of the year like Reese's Tigers. <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't put me on that route. That sounds stressful. Extreme possibility. Schaefer, who do you like in yeah. this game? Schematically, I just wonder, did Texas kind of save everything last week? Um, they knew they had the pieces. They brought back a lot of what they had last year. And Alabama was kind of looking to establish a quarterback last week. So that's the one thing I do wonder. Um, maybe Texas didn't look great, so I wonder maybe they were kind of saving it. Uh, that being said, I, I have Alabama winning this game, but I would take Texas with the spread. If I, it's above, if it's seven and a half, I, I would take Texas. Okay, gotcha. Reese, did you give your pick? Yeah, I think you liked. I think Alabama. I think Bama will win. I mean, the spread is that where it should be because if this spread was like nine and a half or ten, I mean, everybody's going to be on Texas. I think it's at a good spot where you're in a decisive one. I think Alabama wins just because it's a home game. I think Texas can still cover them. I think this is going to be one of those weird situation games where you're going to get like a four or five point game, maybe six. And then you were going to throw like a dumb pick at the end, dumb pick six, something like that. That I just extremely, I can smell it. I can smell it. That's how they're going to cover. Extremely possible. Going to our last game. Do we want to touch on this one heavily or do we want to save it for the back end of this? I think Schaefer's got a pick in this one that he really wants to cover. Save it. I'll give you the rundown. Save it. All right, perfect. All right, let's go to our under of the under the radar game of the week because words are hard. Sponsored by I can't fucking read. <laughs> I have UCF at Boise State. I think that's a pretty damn good one. I think that's an under the radar one you definitely want to pay attention to. UCF looked great week one. They ran the football well. Explosive offense. Boise State not so much. They ran right? into a juggernaut. Uh, good old, yeah, they ran into they went to Washington and basically found out that their DBs and the defense is not as elite as they thought they were. Again, you did play an absolute juggernaut of an offense like Parks is saying, uh, but you're on the blue turf. You're getting a now Power Five program coming across the country into Idaho to play you. It should be a really good one. I'm very excited for this one. And actually, I might I might take the road dog in this one, fellas. Anybody have any thoughts on this game? I agree with whatever you guys just said. I think that, you know, Boise ran it. I didn't whatever mean to say whatever, whatever. Like I wasn't listening what, with what you said. not listening. No, I was listening with what you said is what I meant. Jeez, uh, I think Taylor Green's just got to be better. I, I, I was a little concerned because I don't think Washington's defense is all world. Um, and yep. Boise showed some spots where they got to be better. But, man, that's a stinky road game for UCF. Just a oh, bad, bad spot. It is a, it's a bad spot. So I, I would take 100%. the home team. And uh, just to like add on to this, like, is Boise State's defense bad? Do they just get exposed last week? They're going to have to improve because um, Plumlee and that offense are lightning fast. How fast they get on the football and how many plays they run within a drive is absolutely astonishing to watch. But how good is UCS defense? I guess I'm not too sure either. We're going to have to find that one out too. Reese, do you have a pick in that one? Do you like either side? I'm in between. I, I like the road team. That's I'll just I'll stick with that. I gotta have a road okay. team this week. That's my road team. I'll take UCF as well. I, I that one might end up on the betting card as well. I think um just too explosive of an offense. Maybe the defense has improved more than we now realize. Maybe we're getting value out of a UCF team that the market hasn't caught up to. Parks, you got a pick on this one? You know, I, I really do think it is a very good game to watch, good one to have on this list. I think Boise gets the best of them this time. I'm gonna take the I'm gonna oh. take the Broncos. Okay, so it's two and two. We're gonna have to watch that because that one I'm just as excited as Alabama Texas. I think it'll be an absolute classic of a football game. Group of five game of the week. I have to admit I did slip up and originally put Boise State UCF in this one, and then I just like 
completely forgot that the world has shifted and UCF's no longer the group of five. Um, but I have two games we can vote for on here. I got Louisiana at Old Dominion and Ohio at Florida Atlantic. Now, not not as uh, beautiful in the group of five games this week. I think a lot of them are playing Power Five programs. Which one would you rather have be our group of five game of the week? I like Ohio and FAU. Ohio yep. FAU. I think with O'Rourke, this is like the no doubter. But no yeah. work kind of makes this interesting. Um, FAU should be vastly improved. I'm not sure uh, exactly how this game's going to look, but I think FAU is the better team. I think they'll end up getting a win at home. But that is our group of five game of the week. Super pumped to watch that. Every time we get a chance to outline a group of five game that maybe people aren't paying attention to, it is definitely worth it as we enjoy all conferences. We think it is all part of the big umbrella of college football. It makes the sport great. Diving into the betting segment. We're going to lead off with – are we going to lead off with the dog's dog or are we going to touch on the standings? <laughs> I'm what? just wondering why we didn't get upset. There are underrated game of the week. Get, oh, yeah, we under the radar. Radar. oh, I thought we, we had a universal about... one. Oh, no. We all put one in there. You, yeah, okay. Interesting. Oh. Come on, man. Go to your hey, – go <laughs> to your right. under the radar then. I completely missed – I skipped the right to the right. group five. Oh, well. Yeah, I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead, Reese. <laughs> Say mine. I got Notre Dame going to North Carolina State. Uh, it's Notre Dame's first actual test of the year. I mean, they're playing Navy and then who was it? Tennessee, Tennessee State, State or something. Tennessee State. Nobody last year. They've averaged 500 yards of offense. So yeah, they looked phenomenal. They're going to go against an NC State, a team who has a solid defense um, year in and year out. They didn't look all that great against UConn. They ran the ball extremely well. Um, and Armstrong also uh, ran the ball. I think he had over 90 yards. So it's going to be a test of can Sam Hartman uh, and this offense look good against an actually stout defense, and what's his NC State team going to look like in the ACC this year? They're not going to have a chance of winning it, I don't think, but can they play spoiler um, and make hey, Notre no, Dame actually No chance look of winning like Notre Dame covers? No, I'm saying no chance NC win State ACC. wins the oh, ACC. Oh, I thought you said to win the game. I was like, no, to win the, to win the game, game guarantees I, you're one I, for one. Yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. <laughs> I'll Give jump another- on that train. I'll jump on that train. I, I think Notre Dame covers seven and a half. It's one of my favorite plays of the week. Notre mm-hmm. Dame's an elite team, man, and I haven't seen enough from NC State, and I don't think they're comfortable enough in that system with their new pieces and important positions to, to take on a team like that. So give me Notre Dame minus seven and a half. Great game. Good mention. Schaefer, yeah, you're you rolling. Hey, give us give us your under the radar. Oh, me, me, me? All right. Uh, I'll take yeah. Troy at K-State, a team that I previewed in our group of five previews. I think this is an underlying upset watch that people need to keep their eye on. I'm not saying K-State's bad, and that's why, but Troy is a very good group of five team. Um, They have a lot of returning starters, 16 of their 22. Gunnar Watson had a good week last week. They're rolling off a good win. I think K-State's dragging a little bit after playing a really, really bad Southeast Mm -hmm. Missouri State team. So uh, watch out for the Troy Trojans rolling in Manhattan. And Kansas State, no stranger to losing those games. Yes, last year to Tulane, so... Maybe it's this is Troy's springboard. Good pick. Um, last one I want to go with, just because I don't feel like we've really talked about them, and I and I know a couple of our viewers want to hear about them. Uh, I got SMU at Oklahoma. I think this is a good test for Oklahoma because um, I'm not sure they even played a legitimate. I'm not sure if they really played a football team last week. Um, Butch Jones was in that Arkansas State team. Was Shout out so to JP for telling me to take plus sixty two and a half <laughs> again, again. I said if I could get it, I'm going to try to get it. I was locked. Like the thing on DraftKings was locked. I could not get it. Well, I could get it, and I took it. 
<laughs> okay, well, if I had known Arkansas State was going to drop every ball that was open and then miss open throws the entire time they had the football, I would have told you no, but I'm no fortune teller like you are. I'm just saying that with this game, I'm not looking for an upset. I don't think SMU is <laughs> going to win the football game, but I think we're going to see a little more of what Oklahoma is made of, and it's really a team that, number one, not many people are talking about, um, and number two, we haven't really seen because there's no way nobody, anybody was watching that game last week. And I think – Preston Stone's a good uh, G5 quarterback. I would like to see how this Oklahoma defense responds to him coming to town. 100%. Yep. Those are all, hey, great, great under-the-radar games see? of the week, everybody. We I'm so happy we, we got We would have shorted the people those if you wouldn't <laughs> come back. Add those four to your watch queue. Put it in the quad box on YouTube TV. Put it on the third TV. doesn't matter. Those have to be on your radar for the weekend. To our betting segment now, I have not skipped too far forward. We're going to do the dog's dog first. And then we'll give out our favorite play if we got one. Updated standings on how this actually looks. Reese with an early lead. Again, if you pick a team and they cover, you get one point. You get two if they win outright. So Reese got three total, all three points possible with his pick of Duke last week. I got one with Nebraska covering but not winning. And Parks and Schaefer are at zero. Let's see if we can score some more points this weekend. Reese is going for another three. I'm not sure who he has, though. So I'm going to go straight to Reese. Um, I'm taking you Arizona honors, State man. at home plus the three and a half against Oklahoma State. They did Let me not. Write this down. I will. I will emphasize they did not look great last week. They played Southern, Southern Utah. Utah at home and they gave up 371 yards. They did not look great, but again, it's at home. Uh, Jaden Rashad, two touchdowns last week. Uh, new coach um, at home again against an actual opponent this week. They're going to come ready to play. Forks up. Let's go Sunday. But the, the dust storm, the dust storm, you got to attribute some of that delay, playing through a delay. Take tough teams. Yeah. Tough teams make it through those. There we go. I Adversity. You're in favor, Reese, because Oklahoma State cycled through three quarterbacks last week, so I'm not sure if they know what the hell they're doing. He said he Love was going to do that, too. though. Gundy said he's going to do that. He did say that, and the good news is, Reese, is Arizona State, every game is their bowl game now. Every game. <laughs> it's a fact. Get him up. It's a fact. <laughs> Shaver, dog's dog. Who do you got? You got to score some points, man. Dogs are barking. Dogs <laughs> are barking. I'm going Texas Tech plus the six and a half. And let's hope. Honestly, I think, I think Oregon is probably going to be hammered a little more. So I think that number could even raise a little bit. Uh, a couple I'll give of- you the biggest number that shows. What's that? I'll give you the. Oh, I'm just saying, I'll give you the biggest number at okay. closing. Yep. I just yep. think this is Crazy not. Pick. We look at Baylor. I'll give everybody the best number. Come on, it's Tuesday. We look at Baylor, um, and we look at Texas Tech. Those were kind of the two that highlighted the upsets of Baylor the week last wolf. week. Baylor's situation was way different. Way different. It's a bad schedule. It's a bad pick for Texas Tech to go into Laramie. This was a team that started off hot, um, and I think that represents what this team could be. They played in the highest elevated football stadium in the country. I think fatigue set in in the first week of the year. I think that was a legit factor. Tyler Shuck was solid. I think the passing game has potential. Um, he was pretty productive for the most part. The problem is, is they just didn't get the run game going. So I think they're going to have to run the football in order to give themselves a chance. It's one of those things, man. Hey, you don't go into Laramie and not expect weird things to happen. Guess what? You don't go to Lubbock at 6.30 at night and not expect weird things to happen. Um, this is this is just a team that, I don't know, it's in a weird spot for Oregon. 
I think they kind of woke up a little bit. There's some defensive concerns that I might have with Texas Tech, but like I said, I think fatigue played more of a factor in that second half than we really realized because this would be a whole different story if Texas Tech comes out with a three-point win last week, and we're talking differently about this team, I think. Yeah, and honestly, they probably should have won the game. Too many points left on the field, too many small mistakes. Parks, let's go to you on a game I'm pretty sure I'll be with you on, but it's not my dog's dog, so I'm going to let you have it. Yeah, my dog's dog this week is going to be the Washington State Cougars, plus six and a half at home against the Wisconsin team that, honestly, I didn't see enough from last week against a bad, bad Buffalo team and program. So uh, I'm, I'm higher on the Cougars. They're coming off a 50-24 to 24 win against a bad Colorado State team, but their offense showed me enough firepower where I think they can pretty much outright win this game. I didn't see nearly enough from that Wisconsin offense or defense. They gave up 10 points to a Buffalo team. It was 14-10 in the middle of the third quarter. So give me a Washington State plus a six and a half for my dog's dog. It's a good yeah, week I to like be that a, one. I do think say it was a good week to be a pro Cam Ward podcast. Mm. Guy was throwing it right over the field. Went ballistic. <laughs> um I, I do think Wisconsin's solid and they're just going to get a little bit better and better. The problem is is can Mordecai kind of light up that defense? It's extremely possible, but I'm not sold that they're going to walk into Pullman and truly just blow this team out of the water. I don't know if they throw right. the ball enough to light it up. They didn't last week. I thought they were going to throw the ball way more. I think Mordecai. they were vanilla last week. Maybe I think they were super vanilla. Maybe. But and again, they're not they're not an air raid team. Like I, a lot of people are saying, they're an air raid team. It's not an air raid. It's like, like they have air raid concept to it. Ish. They they run the football really well. Phil Longo had two of the best running backs in the country at one point in time. Both of them went over 1,000 yards in North Carolina. They're going to run the football. They now have a two-headed monster in the backfield still. Like, they're going to run the football, and they're going to run it well. Um, but I do like that one. Mine is Texas. I'll take Texas plus the seven or seven and a half or whatever it gets to at Alabama. Now, I think when you look at this one again, we broke it down already. I just think the the right pieces are in place for this to become a win. They have the right – weapons on the outside they have the right quarterback at the helm the offensive line has gotten better the defense has gotten a little bit better I don't think they're going to walk in there and get beat by 10-14 now can they 100% like I'm not this isn't a guarantee but I really do think Texas has a real shot to win that football game uh, so I'll take them in the seven to recap the dog's dog Parks Wazoo plus six and a half at this moment I have Texas plus seven Reese Arizona State plus three and a half and Schaefer plus six and a half with Texas Tech those will all be actually games that we're probably going to be pretty locked into now that I'm looking at like these aren't just like deep polls these are pretty top level um, games that we're pulling out of do you guys have a best bet that you want to cover do you have one that you really I think Parks hinted at one earlier I believe Reese's hand up Schaefer do you have one mm, great because I'm not, not going to you first Parks you were ready yeah no I'll, I'll roll with what I, I teased earlier I'll take the Notre Dame minus a seven and a half on the road at NC State I like that I, one. I just think it is too much for NC State. This team, this Notre Dame team has experience. Too I well-rounded. Think, yeah, it's it's Freeman's figuring it out over there. He's kind of getting his own identity. They're rolling right now. They have all the confidence in the world. Sam Hartman's 27 years old. He's been everywhere in anything, in any situation. So give me Notre Dame minus 7.5. I think they win on the road by two scores minimum. Reese, you were also excited about yours. You got one? Well, ours is going to lead into the next thing we're going to talk about, but if – I don't bet on this game and take the under. I'm going to feel stupid, but Absolutely. Iowa, Iowa State, <laughs> 36 and a half, 14 to seven final, 14 to six. <laughs> Absolutely. Reese with the under in that Absolutely. game. Schaefer, do you have one? I do like, and you guys threw it in the notes. Um, I saw seven 
Uh, but you guys have seven and a half down. I like Utah minus seven um, against Baylor. I've seen seven and a half and one, seven. Man. I just, uh, man. Here's my problem with that game, right? Like, it's it's a little too obvious. No, no, no. The Texas Tech game's too obvious. We're You're missing wrong. something. This no, one is not. No, 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 no. This, this one is so obvious. They don't have shape in anymore. They just got beat by right. Texas State. You're given seven in. Like, it feels so obvious. Right. I bet the handle on Utah right now is 80%. It, then it's got to be, but I just don't know. Robertson made a lot of bad plays when Shapen went out at the end of the game last week. I don't think it gets talked about enough. There isn't. There's a reason that guy t- tore his MCL. Like the offensive line is poor. Like I think, and we knew that was a problem coming into the year. And you, you saw the way Utah got after Florida's offensive line. Baylor's yep. definitely not better. Definitely not. I'm not saying I'm not saying you're a you got a bad play here because this is one I've looked at really hard too. I'm just saying it feels so obvious. It hurts. It was like Illinois plus three at I, Indiana last year. I think we're we are underestimating too, and I think you are right that this team just got off playing Florida first game of the year, um, and now they got to go to Waco. So it that's the, shout out to the Pac-12 teams playing 11 Power Five games by the way. Yeah, like that's. Like the Colorado's doing it, and then Utah's doing it as well. So, how about the big fart or I guess, from all the I mean, media? They only, may only play eight, but how about the big fart yeah. from all the media conglomerates talking about the Pac-12 going being undefeated so far? It's the only hey, conference hey, not to play each other. I said, I said last week, or I said last episode, best conference in the world, undefeated. They literally no, they didn't <laughs> yeah, have a possibility. I, I literally like, called it. That's why I had that segment in there. I go, let's go over, overreaction of the week. Pac-12 is the best conference in the country. What do you know? <laughs> hey, <laughs> let me drop in my best bet here. I'm going to roll with Pitt, man. I, I'll take Pitt minus the seven. They're playing Cincinnati. I think this is a Pitt team that's going to be a lead on defense. I think they got the right quarterback. I really do. I think that is a perfect match with um, Jerkovich there. And Narduzzi's no joke as a coach, man. You know you're not going to get a team that beats itself. And Cincinnati's way down. Dude, um, you you would have now, thought you would have thought Emory Jones was Tom Brady last week, the way people talked about goodness him. Goodness gracious. Holy shit. That's like – is that Cincinnati fan base toxic? I haven't interacted with yeah, them. Yeah, they're bad. To know. They're bad. Are they? Yes. They played Eastern Kentucky. We do know that, right? Yeah. Like everybody knows that. There's <laughs> yeah. a specifically okay. a guy, Colonels, big, t- Colonels big 12 Bearcats. Big 12 Bearcats. That guy's a wiener. <laughs> I, Man. That's a real guy, too? Oh, yeah. He's on Twitter. This is like a big game boomer, but big 12. Oh, he, no. he just named a big 12 Bearcats. Who did? That's rough. You said the guy's name was big 12 Bearcats. Yeah, that is his name. Yeah. So what was the American Conference Bearcats before? I don't know. Probably yeah, nothing. Just, Probably on, best team be in the land. Hey. I just dub Bearcat. Quickly, just to recap our best bets here, I'm going to take Pitt minus a seven. Parks? Notre Dame minus a seven and a half. Reese? Iowa, Iowa State under 36 and a half. <laughs> Schaefer? I, hey, I'm, I'm with you, Reese. I think I'm taking it too, by the way. Uh, Utes. The Utes. Oh, my God. Perfect. Hey, well, then let's talk about it. If we're going to shit on it, let's talk about it. Right? The Hawks travel to Ames to play Iowa State. And uh, annual Cyhawk game, Iowa State won last year's game for the first one in seven years in an absolute slugfest. It was one of the worst games I've ever witnessed in person. It was it was awful on both sides. Neither team looked good, which was the problem. And I think we found out both teams were bad a season ago. This year, the line sits at four. Iowa's a four-point favorite in Ames. It's supposed to be a beautiful day. I'll be there. Schaefer says he's not. I believe he is being accompanied by his father, who's traveling up to Sioux Falls to watch this game. He says he's not going anywhere near Ames. I'm going off the radar. I'll actually be in Antarctica or anywhere 
not near that state. <laughs> Disconnected. <laughs> What's up, um, Jeremy? With this game, I do think the one thing that you have to pay attention to is the trenches. Can the offensive line with Iowa, can they really lock it? It's, a, it's like beating a dead horse that we talk about this and then other teams to win the trenches. You got to win the trenches. If Iowa can block well and run the football at a decent clip, they'll be just fine. If not, they're going to run into troubles where McNamara has to make unnecessary plays with his legs. Um, I think the defense will be fine. Again, it's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be low scoring, so I have no hate at under 36 and a half because these teams know each other so well. Um, who wins the trenches when the Hawks have the football? We'll tell the whole story. Um, and does Iowa State continue to make weird special teams mistakes? Because they didn't last week, so we'll see. Schaefer, do you have anything you want to add to that? Like any just quick tidbits you think are going to make a big difference? Yeah, I, I, I'll predict it right now. I think if somehow – some way Iowa State prevents from turning the ball over. I don't think there's any question they're going to win the game. And I, I, it's not like me, like cocky saying that. I don't, I don't think that at all. We, how many times? I mean, last year they could have given away the game. They gave away three of the last six losses. Um, last year could have, couldn't have been any different. Um, if this team can somehow find a way to just stay on the field, do what they did last week, kind of put somebody to sleep, and not turn the ball over. At home, I don't think there's any question that this team will will lose the football game. But I mean, it is Iowa, and we're just prone to doing that. But it so it's probably going to happen. I hope <laughs> I hope Ferris doesn't try to muck it up too much. I think I really want him to just if he can get the ground going, going just to lean on him and just let him snap on their own. So uh, it should be a good game. I'm excited. It's going to be a nerve wracking weekend. If they lose, don't talk to me for 48 to 72 hours. Um, but that's a wrap on this week, week two preview. Any other closing thoughts before we send it away? Yeah, quickly. I don't have a pick on that Iowa Iowa State game, but I'll probably just text one of the players. They'll have one for me. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. I'm here for the I'm here for the gambling jokes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm ready to watch. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready for the Anthony Richardson show on on Sunday. A little bit of. No NFL, NFL talk. NFL, NFL nugget for you. Colts are 0-9 <laughs> oh, to start off the last nine NFL seasons. Just a heads up. <laughs> Perfect. Really take, up take us away. <laughs> we know the stat already. Take us away. It's different this year. Schaefer, Schaefer shut up and play it. Take us away. What? Find your dreams come true. And I wonder if you know what it means. What it means. And I wonder if you know what it means, what it means. And I wonder if you know what it means.